You are listening to Starshot, a Genesis actual play. This is Zed, Chapter 3. Yeah, so the way I figured, like, where we last left off, you were uh, in a safe distance away from the explosion uh, in the hangar bay, and presumably everyone else is also in a safe distance away, and your only loss really is that uh, uh, it wasn't necessarily a byroid, I believe. It was one of the dumb bots that we've described as being on the ship. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that was your only like asset loss aside from the entirety of the hangar, which actually is a huge asset loss. But uh, yeah, so... I was thinking maybe we can do a time jump of like several hours later, um, but oh, okay. you you tell me like I mean I, this is also assuming that you're not just standing there right and that Zed is doing Zed things to take care of standard protocols right, uh, but I don't know Th- did you have so I mean obviously in doing this time jump I have an idea in mind for a scene but. Did you have a scene idea that you would to uh, do, or did you just have like some sort of activity that you want Zed working on in the intervening time? Obviously, Zed's not going to realize that something's going to happen in a few hours, right? Sure. Yeah. After the bomb goes off, Zed would probably, you know, lock up Cynthia. Uh, probably keep her on board the aspiration because it seems like the aspir like while the renewed is sort of the main station it, it itself the aspiration would be a little bit more secluded because it, it seems like people who are you know coming on board to this whole operation they first go to the renewed so i think he would i can't remember if this came up in that episode but but basically i i would think he would like have cynthia locked up in uh, the med bay sort of area um, as sort of an ad hoc prison or brig. And then I, I think Zed would focus really on, you know, assessing damage to the station. And I think his, his first priority is going to be rebuilding. I can't imagine... I, I sort of envision Zed not being very interested in, or not expecting to get much more out of Cynthia, and I wouldn't think she would be much of a priority. You know, she obviously was when the bombs were active, and then af- after that point, like, he couldn't get much information out of her in those circumstances, so his attitude would be, why should he bother talking to her, learning about this anymore? Well, so, in a couple of hours, like, once the... Obviously, there's a lot of debris that is now orbiting uh, the planet of Janus at this point. And so, um, because of the speeds and because of how much debris is floating out there, etc., etc., it's kind of... Uh, well, not kind of. It has made uh, shuttling between back and forth between the Renewed, which is, as you said, a separate station, and the Aspiration, which is essentially in a larger uh, shipyard, right? As me shoveling between those two points uh, haphazard because of all the debris, and I'm trying to go for a slightly more, like, hard sci-fi fiction, uh, at least leaning in that direction, right? Obviously, we've already introduced some uh, fantastical elements, such as the World Soul. Yeah, so basically... uh, Carol's going to be hopping on that sh- uh, on the first shuttle to go to the Renewed as the uh, politician on board, right, for the inspection team, uh, along with the uh, other two that were accompanying him, uh, the 
commander and soon-to-be captain of the uh, Aspiration. Are you staying behind on the Aspiration to oversee things, or are you also going to be hopping back onto that shuttle flight back to the room? Is Carol's plan to essentially go back planet side? I think I'd want to know what Carol's up to. And if Carol is going back planet side, I'd want to, you know, discuss the terms of what happened here with Carol or, uh, you know, I, well, like, like Carol is still producing an inspection report. And, and that, I assume, has some effect on my project. So my question is then, because, I mean, that's perfectly fine. Um, my question is then, how does that take place? Are you asking him directly? Are you... I don't know, using ship sensors to eavesdrop on his conversation with his uh, fellow inspectors or like how you want to go about learning. Would Carol before leaving like come to me and speak with me about what to do here or would Carol just like leave on his own? Uh, He would he would speak with you before. Okay, then maybe we could do that conversation. Okay, yeah. So. So you're not going to, basically what you're saying is that you're not going to initiate the conversation. You're just going to wait for Bellevue to check yeah. in with you. I'd say I'm focused on repairs and the state of the station. And that still circles back to, and maybe you already said, I just didn't hear it, but uh, that still circles back to, are you being hands-on and working on the aspiration itself, or are you going back to the room? Oh, okay. I, okay. Yes, I will. I will stay on the aspiration, but... I would expect to have some interaction with Carol. Like, if Carol were to be ready to leave, I would want to get word. And that's when I I would trigger that sort of conversation. What exactly does it look like with your efforts on the aspiration? Are you just overseeing stuff, or are you actually picking up tools and welding, or maybe talking to the... Uh, human portion of the crew, which is very light. If you recall, there are like a few humans. It's not just Wyroids. Um, well, there's quite a few mm-hmm. clones. Yeah, they're, they're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. By humans, I meant clones. Right. Right. But but there's a clone workforce that I think is almost on par with the amount of Wyroids that are there. Right. Uh, especially since, like, I mean, prior to the explosion, right? The the ship was just was pretty much finished. Aside from some like maintenance here and there, you know, it, it had gone on like a dry run throughout the solar system. So, uh, yeah, there there isn't a large workforce to begin with because most of the work had been done, and so it was just like routine maintenance and just like final checks before the christening of the ship, right? I see. So, okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, there there is like a clone workforce that's on par in numbers with the Byroid workforce which has always been a little smaller, but, I mean, to be fair, bioroids are just more efficient, so you don't need necessarily need as many hands with them. So, yeah. Okay, so I, I think Zed would not be so hands-on. He wouldn't be... He's not hammering in, you know, nails and, and stuff himself or, or, or whatever it is they do in, in uh, construction of a spaceship. Uh, Zed, is, Zed is essentially, uh, you know, first... He's going to uh, three points of damage and uh, checking in with uh, the the bioroids under his command, who are essentially managing those uh, sections. You know, he's getting damage reports. He's getting estimates on how long repair will take, uh, how long this has set back the project. And then he's also, I'd say, you know, looking for any evidence from these bombs, any 
forensic evidence that might tell him a, a source of this because he's kind of given up on getting that information from Cynthia. Uh, so I think that would probably been hand, uh, that probably would be handed off to Sam, our security uh, or chief security Byroid. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I. Yeah, I love Sam. Uh, so I think at this point, I think where our scene actually starts then is uh, you leaving um, the little workspace that Sam is in, uh, who is currently still collecting um, evidence, right? And so there are a lot of uh, bodies moving in, um, in and out of that room. And Sam has assured you uh, he will send you his report as soon as possible. Uh, so we have you leaving that scene and actually in the corridor um, with your magnetic locks on, or maybe you like to float through the uh, aspiration because there's no, uh, there's no gravity generator. Um, here. You are suddenly approached um, by Doc, our chief medical officer. Doc is accompanied by a young a young clone who looks to be in his mid-twenties, which frankly most of the clone, clone workforce are. Uh, and uh, this particular template is, strikes you as a corpsman, a uh, medical corpsman. So he tends to, uh, clones tend to patch each other up through like uh, their medical equivalents, right? Um, under supervision of Doc. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, uh, you come across Doc and Doc reports in, one, the general status of both uh, the Byroids and the... Uh, clone workforce. It seems like no one's been injured in any of the explosions uh, beyond a few uh, bumps and bruises from when the uh, whole ship shook. And he also has another another report for you that perhaps you would want to discuss in private. Uh, and he seems to imply that uh, this clone that's accompanying, accompanying him is in on it. Uh, so what do you what do you do with that? Doc, follow me and, and let's uh, discuss your findings. And then we float in zero G because that's of course the most efficient way to travel. Yeah, naturally. So the three of you find a it's essentially the ship's wardroom where uh, the officers would be dining and having meals uh, separate from the enlisted crew members or will be whenever the ship is fully operational again. And this is a secluded uh, area, and using your administrative uh, control of the systems here on the ship, you, you lock the uh, doors and such. And so the three of you are in this room uh, privately. Uh, Doc introduces you to uh, Jed. No, uh, it's not going to be. To, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Red, Ted... <laughs> yeah, uh, to Tom zero uh, four eight, and Tom is a uh, male template for the corpsman here on board the uh, Aspiration Renewed for the workforce here. Evidently, Tom zero four eight was the one that was assigned to observe Cynthia's condition and her biometrics, and also just run a check on her medical history in general. And so. Uh, I believe, if I recall correctly, uh, you've already learned that uh, Cynthia doesn't have much of a history to begin with. Right. And so he's telling you that there's a match uh, with Cynthia uh, related to another uh, another 
person that goes by the name Cynthia Calhoun that is planned side uh, at, at, at this time it is a Dr. Cynthia Calhoun and he brings up like a he brings up a projection uh, that shows you a clearly older woman who is in her late 60s uh, that very much looks like uh, Cynthia Calhoun just 40 years old older. And so uh, you have this bust of uh, Cynthia Calhoun, probably in the, like that old Star Wars uh, blue on top of uh, being projected on top of the table there. Good work, R2. Doc, is the Cynthia Calhoun clone we came across, is that the only uh, such type of that clone in our inventory? Yes, it's very much an anomaly. Uh, there are no registered clone templates uh, across all of Janus that has uh, this genetic makeup. Okay. Tell me more about this Dr. Cynthia Calhoun that uh, you found planetside. What does she do? Yeah, it would appear that there's a lot of uh, red tape surrounding Dr. Cynthia Calhoun's uh, record. Um, every citizen has a record, and given your unique position, you have access to your, your standard run-of-the-mill uh, record of uh, of people, and part of this is because um, it does serve like a purpose in terms of uh, in terms of cloning and or getting the right specialists that you might need for unique problems, and just pulling some strings with the government uh, using your position and arranging for that citizen to either be cloned or to be personally sent up uh, to help with this whole endeavor of building this generation ship, right? Usually when you have someone who whose uh, profile has essentially been blocked off uh, from your access, they are typically either extremely high-ranking uh, military officers or politicians, basically people in special programs that you just don't have the need to know uh, for. Okay, uh, so... Zed uh, will use his connections uh, through the Ministry of Intelligence to uh, set up spies to uh, follow Dr. Calhoun and uh, try and understand what she's connected to. Okay. Um, is this like a, a specific point of contact, or you just generally have connections to uh, the Ministry of Intelligence? Uh, I don't know that it would be a specific point of contact. Um, so... And this kind of calls into question how much of Zed's backstory that uh, I, I don't know how official or unofficial this is, um, but one aspect of, of Zed's backstory I thought would be, uh, you know, he was connection to he was connected to uh, the previous high command commander, and then that became sort of the Ministry of Intelligence, and so I believe it's it's high command that sent Carol. Is that right? It's basically like a joint task force between the commission and high command, because Carol is just a civilian uh, uh, representative of the commission. Okay. Zed, uh, at this point, is concerned uh, about future threats to the station. So just just to like clarify, basically what I'm trying to figure out is, are you exercising this authority through proper channels, or are you asking... Uh, connection that you have like a favor of them to do this uh, I guess is what I'm really trying to figure out because um, yeah because you mentioned you have connections I just want to know what that looks like is it like actual proper channels that you're going through or what 
So this is where uh, I, I would hope that Zed could. So is uh, Darren Greaves still in the picture in terms of some sort of leadership in in the military in high command now? It was like already like what in his forties, right, or fifties? Yeah. So, so sort of. Mm. Uh, so this is where I think we should establish whether this should be part of the backstory. So essentially. Zed was sort of the assistant to Greaves, and that's how Zed, you know, eventually worked his way into this position of power on board the Aspiration. But I, I picture Zed as sort of a worm tongue like character, you know, mm. sort of using uh, Commander Greaves. And, uh, it, you know, if in the current fiction, if Commander Greaves is still in command of, of High Command in some way, but but essentially, I I saw it as Greaves being basically bedridden, but Zed was sort of using the words of was essentially being the middleman between Greaves and the outside world, uh, and was sort of using Greaves's influence to actually run things because Greaves is basically almost incapacitated at this point. That might be too complicated to work into the fiction at this point. So so we could just make it simpler if we don't want to make that part of it. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily complicated. I think it's just a matter of, like, I guess how realistic that is or how viable that is. Because, like, I, I, so I could totally see Greaves having, like, a prolonged um, command over high command because his position was, uh, if, if we recall, because we kind of talked about this a tiny bit um, in Season Zero, was that... Um, he was in charge of like the expedition and until like stuff could actually be appropriately set up, um, etc. And I could see where like loop certain loopholes could be like uh, exploited where, you know, Janus is just a temporary home, which is the, the general mentality and that the expedition is still on and it's still like high command's job to make sure that um, society uh, gets to where it needs to get going. Right. Right. Um, so, so I could totally see that, but at the same time, like if if he's like bedridden, he is either going to be surrounded by other folks who are going to try to exploit that yeah, on the that verge makes of sense. being medical uh, that, or on the verge of being medically discharged, uh, because you know seniority can only go so far. If you have uh, in, in like the actual military, if you have someone who is clearly like not suited for command due to even just due to medical issues, uh, then it goes to the next senior officer, etc. So, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of that part of the backstory was stuff I'd created when I was creating the character of Zed. But at that point, I didn't know about like the aspiration that Zed would be like, essentially controlling the aspiration that would be his primary job so i think that doesn't really make sense to introduce at this point um so maybe we could keep it simpler i think zed would still be a character who has influence i mean he, he clearly even as a bioroid got himself to the point where he could command the aspiration um and essentially this entire construction project which also involves using a human clone workforce. So, you know, it, 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 he's, he's clearly like exercising some power here. And I think he would, he would essentially use some of his means, uh, with, you know, and connections to the Ministry of Intelligence to uh, sort of through back channels, 
uh, establish spying on Dr. Calhoun. Yeah, and we can also just say, like, because, um, I mean, this has been a 30-year project already, um, or just almost a 30-year project. I need to review the a- actual timeline, but point is, this has been a project for a couple decades now, and we could this, and we could also say like the a younger Greaves back in the day is what kickstarted this and what placed you in this position. And as Greaves like influenced Wayne's as he got older and more like bedridden, as you described, um, is when you started to, like come out on your own with your own like influence and your own like fingers and different pies and such sure um, at yeah. this point because because uh, at this point it's, it's also been decades so i mean that would make sense yeah and that also provides adequate lore for the fan fiction writers to you know have something to work with yeah absolutely i, I yeah i can't wait uh until 15 years from now uh when we reboot this uh podcast and have uh prequels uh and renumber the uh chapters yeah okay but yeah so let's Let's do a roll then um, to see like see exactly how much pool they can get with uh, act- actively like using these back channels and actively putting eyes on someone whose uh, profile has been generally blocked off. I mean that's that, that's a big ask uh, even through I think legitimate channels, right? Yeah. So uh, which. Uh, I guess to clarify, when you say back channels, are you, are you saying that there are like, you've been exchanging favors with folks, or is this just like... I So I think partially, Zed uh, has somewhat of a subversive bioroid network. I think when he does have this sort of strength, it mostly comes because bioroids are so embedded in the Ministry of Intelligence and in uh, especially a lot of the um, military organizations w- within this government. I- I- he essentially hides in b- bureaucracy. So he has bioroids like create uh, essentially sub projects and initiatives to do things like, you know, this spying project. And it's the sort of thing where it gets added to the budget, it gets added to the paperwork, and, uh, you know, no one else can really trace back exactly where it originated from. But at some point in the chain, you know, through his Bioroid network, he, he inserted these projects. Okay, yeah. Uh, so let's have you do a leadership role. Uh, this is going to be uh, a daunting role that's four purples. And, in fact, I'm going to... Uh, going to actually spend a story point to make one of those purposes. Yeah, you have two right. story so, points now, right? Yeah. Uh, I, I've been resetting okay. it every time. Because I have zero. So we're, we're back to, now we're back to one on one and I just spent a story point. So now you have two, uh, which you are free to also spend on the same role. Uh, which, remember, you can only spend one story point on it, but uh, you're free to spend. Um, yeah, but yeah, so you're going to be rolling your leadership against one red okay. three purple i think uh once you go ahead and give you a blue die because you are working through this subversive network of biroids uh through these back channels and um okay. yeah I, I think we'll just leave it at that okay so i want to spend a story point and what i'm going to have zed do is he's going to uh get dna from the cynthia calhoun clone um and essentially plant it, uh, plant it in a suspicious area, um, you know, maybe in the 
club or, or, or maybe maybe in a location where uh you know groups that are seen as subversive or maybe en- enemies of the state some place where people like that meet it doesn't really matter you know what organization or who but someplace suspicious in order to justify the need for this project Ooh, not great no not great uh yeah and two threats okay we have three failures two threats i think that this is something that will come back later on because it, it doesn't quite or what i'm imagining doesn't quite come to fruition like right away and you don't necessarily know that's a failure right away so i'm just gonna note this down and bring it up uh further down the line i think bring it on uh as it becomes yeah as it becomes relevant uh but yeah so you have this uh so you have this meeting and i'm not sure if you're actually discussing your options i i assume you don't discuss in front of tom 048 but um whether or not you actually have this discussion or not, this is something that you get the ball rolling on um, by sending it through your Byroid relay, I suppose. I think when we want to have secure parts of the conversation, uh, it, Doc is the one who, who brought Tom, right? It's Doc. Uh, so Doc and I, so like we do communicate uh, verbally for the initial parts of the conversation. And at a certain point, we just stop and we just stare at each other. And Tom's just, and we're communicating through our uh, mental network. And Tom's just kind of standing there awkwardly. Yeah. <laughs> he tries not to, but uh, you do catch him like sighing and just kind of like fiddling with stuff. Uh, around the area and just looking around, waiting, because uh, uh, being part of the clone workforce for as long as he has. Yeah, I can't wait for the movie. This is so cinematic. Yeah, very cinematic. Okay, yeah, great. So, uh, I think a little. I, uh, I think unless you want to discuss or accomplish something else in this scene, we could probably move sure. scenes. Happily move on, knowing that my spy ring will be activated. A little while later, uh, that same day, you were already aware that that Representative Belvi has been shuttled off the Aspiration and shuttled to the Renewed. And as far as you know, he had no intentions of leaving before giving you his final evaluation. And certainly, there's been no scheduled uh, shuttles uh, from the Renewed to Janus, yep. uh, the planet, right? So, uh, although you eventually learn uh, that the commission will be sending up a relief team that's not scheduled until tomorrow uh, unfortunately due to some of the weather and just needing to get that put together to begin with right so in the meanwhile uh you're working on the aspiration eventually uh sam phones in he doesn't have an update for you regarding the uh the forensics but he does want to let you know that him and his security team has lost track of uh Belvi. the other officers are still on board the ship uh he sam tells you that they're just in the mess hall eating right now uh aboard the renewed uh but Belvi has dropped off the map and there have been no sighted uh shuttles leaving the renewed uh, according to the logs or seen on camera and uh there's been no shuttles really going back and forth between the aspiration and renewed there was only a couple of trips, and one of those trips was really just to bring per- shuttle personnel back from the Aspiration to the Renew, uh, which Carol Belvey had uh, jumped on. 
Okay, Sam, uh, I want to, to find a Carol Belvey as soon as possible. Um, I want you to send search teams. Let's use our thermal imaging and let's let's find out where he went. He can't have gotten off the station. There were no ships that uh, left the station, so he must be there somewhere and we need to find him. Right away, sir. And uh, with that, he clicks off and the investigation is launched. Um, how obvious is this uh, search? Are you... Or how obvious do you want the search to be? Are you trying to be subtle about it? I mean, we're not going around asking, have you seen Carol Belvey? But we're, I mean, I, I don't really care for the search parties to be hit, hidden. If, if people ask about them, we say, oh, this has to do with maintenance or something like that. There was, uh, there were a couple of other people, Camillo Salazar, uh, Lieutenant Commander Strauss. Yeah. Captain, uh, Captain mm-hmm. Flores, I will, as well, I think. Sam, uh, is it only Carol Belby who's missing? What about uh, Salazar, Flores, Strauss? Uh, just to remind you, Salazar is clone pilot that is part of your workforce. Um, his connection is that he's the one that uh, piloted uh, the inspection team to the Renew to begin with. And evidently Belvy took a liking so but yeah so when you ask him about salazar he's going to ask for a specific salazar because there are several salazar pilots oh out yes there. salazar number 1425a of course uh naturally of course uh so 1425a uh is also on the mestex he is scheduled for a overnight uh he's scheduled to basically do overnight maintenance on his shuttle uh in preparation for any movements that the uh, Renew needs to take as things begin to develop and as the commission and high command get together, etc., etc., to figure out what's what's going where, who's going when, etc. Meanwhile, Lieutenant Strauss and uh, Lieutenant Commander Strauss and uh, Captain Flores is currently on the mess deck, okay. he, he tells you. Uh, and, uh, yeah, basically okay. eating so- Let's initiate the search parties for Carol Belvey, and let's talk to Flores and Strauss. Let's see what they know. Okay. Uh, once you go ahead and do a roll for me, are you personally talking to those uh, folks? Sure. No, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, personally go and talk to them. Yeah. Uh, so for the investigation, let's start. Uh, let's start there. Let's start with you rolling your leadership. Yes. Uh, leadership against two purple. Uh, three successes, one threat. So let's talk about what successes look like for your your security team. Oh, actually, let's talk about that at the end of the scene. I want to say that you're like interviewing, uh, you're doing your interviews while this investigation is going on, and then you'll get the results of your inves- investigation. So we'll okay. just take note of this. Um, but yeah, so who do you, who are you wanting to talk to first? Are you and are you going to the renewed to do this? Or are you doing this remotely? Uh, yes, I'll I'll go to the renewed to do it. I want to do it in person. Uh, and so Zed will go and he's going to talk to Flores first. Uh, yeah, let's talk to Flores. Is this the type of thing where you just pull her in a separate room or ask her to meet in your office? Yes, uh, we're, we're going to, uh, you know, have Flores meet us. Um, and I'd say, you know, Zed initiates by asking, like, you know, how, how are you recovering? And he went through a lot with, uh, you know, if, if you need uh, access to any of our medical facilities, you know. And, uh, and then he starts asking, um, do you know uh, where Carol Belvey is at this moment? 
she responds to all your like initial pleasantries with like very curt answers. I'm fine. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, when you ask her about uh, Carol Ver- Belvey, she responds, I do not currently know the whereabouts of Commission Representative Belvey. And I'm sorry, is he is he missing? Is he supposed to be here? Are Carol Belvey, sort of uh, his last known position was the Renewed. Um, and since then, we, we have seen no sign of him. Um, however, uh, no ships have left the Renewed and gone planetside. Um, when, when did you last have contact with Carol Belby? She arches an eyebrow uh, in such a fashion that Dwayne the Rock Johnson would be very impressed with. And she seems perturbed by this, but she otherwise keeps her military bearing. She says, well... I just spoke with him right before entering the chow hall. I, uh, on, and then she, you see her lips moving, uh, but you don't make out what she says when she gives you a location. And, uh, she, keep in mind, she's still talking when she does this. So she's like, I haven't, uh, I last spoke with him on blah, blah, blah. And he said he would rejoin me, uh, on the mess hall, but he never did. How long ago was this? About forty minutes ago, oh, sir. Right, and and this was just outside the mess hall. It was it was on the way to the mess what hall. What was the exact location you saw him in? Her mouth moves, uh, but you don't seem to comprehend what she is saying. Okay, I, so I think Zed would continue questioning her along these lines, and I assume at each of those points he he would sort of run into the same barrier where he can't seem to understand the answer she's giving. Is that right? That's right. Okay. So this is something new we need to investigate. Uh, one th- one thing I think Zed would do, uh, he would want to... I think, uh, you know, there are security systems uh, in every room and every hallway on board the Renewed. Um, so he would review the recording of this conversation itself. Um, between him and uh, Captain Flores uh, to try and see if this is something that maybe his own processor was not picking up this particular information, but maybe it might be recorded on some simpler device. And then he also would want to see uh, would want to see any uh, security footage for any location uh, between essentially where uh, Captain Flores between. Uh, let's say Captain Flora's quarter and uh, the mess hall to see where Captain Flora's may have run into Carol Belvey. Um, I actually want you to make a discipline check. All right. uh, As these kind of, um, as this kind of conversation is uh, stressing you, stressing your systems. Um, Obviously this, uh, we, we joked about it, but obviously this does not compute, right? Um, and something is afoot here. So you're going to be making a discipline check, and it's going to be a hard. It's going to be a hard discipline check. So you're going to be rolling three purple. Yeah, actually, I want to also spend a uh, story point to make one of those purples into a red. That threat that you got from the investigation, which we're about to discuss, right? It's I'm I'm going to give you a black die. I'm just going to use that threat to give you a black die for this because it's actually red. Uh, so all this discipline roll is going to mean is that you just don't take any strain. Um, and the, 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 that right. was literally all it was, was whether or not your system becomes uh, strained. And um, 
and I did have like ideas for if you happen to roll like the spare. Um, yeah. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so yeah. Let's. Uh, I know you had this whole plan. Uh, let's take it. St- Th- does mm. my strain reset? Like, so I had a strain, a current strain of one, I think, from last session. Does that reset at all? Or For right now, go ahead and just remove it. Uh, but basically, okay. you're, uh, you'll have a chance to roll either Discipline or Cool um, at the end of every scene uh, to okay. see if you recover any strain. So I just didn't bring okay. it up because I, I just didn't realize that you had a point strain left over. Um, but yeah. Well, three bombs blew up on board my space station, so that takes a toll on a bioroid. Yeah, Only one point worth of strength. But, <laughs> yeah. Okay, uh, so let's go back to your plan. So uh, just to recap, you were uh, investigating Flores, and she was trying to tell you where she last saw uh, the commission representative, uh, but it was just not computing with you. Uh, what what what's the first thing that you want to do? Like, what's what what was your first response that you were wanting to do? Well, it was all that searching stuff. I said, I want to see if we can uh, confirm Captain Flores's story. You could very quickly, like even mid conversation, just uh, run that through the back of your mind, right, on your bi- BioWars okay, stuff. Cool. So you're searching through the histories, and what you're finding is very odd. There are several minutes here and there where where Flores's presence and even Strauss's presence is unknown to you. Uh, it it doesn't necessarily pop up as an error. It just it's it just skipped and overlooked. Mm-hmm. Um, now you do see like footage of uh, of her and Strauss and Belvi uh, leaving the shuttle. Uh, you see them walking together, getting to the elevator, um, and then time just kind of skips and. There is like an internal struggle because basically your systems are trying to tell you that this is fine, this is normal, um, but obviously this isn't right to us, the players. Uh, and so I'm actually going to have you do another discipline check. Um, and this one's going to be a little bit harder. It's going to be four purples instead of three purples. One success, three three. So. Uh, Can't take me down. <laughs> no. So um, something is not computing. Um, you, your, your first instinct, quote unquote, uh, is to just ignore this. And you, and you realize that you're getting this because there is, there is a script somewhere within your system. There, there is a protocol that is telling you to ignore this. This is okay. This is normal, but this shouldn't be normal. Not to the best of your knowledge. Right. Uh, and so something is happening here and actually uh now that you are kind of pushing against this you're able to kind of actually dig into that specifically like what is causing that so that opportunity has opened up and you're more than welcome to uh, pick out this opportunity now or at a later scene Um, but in regards to your uh, threats i'm going to go ahead and say that uh to the threats is going to factor uh, later, uh, when you if if and when you attempt to like dig at this anomaly within your own system, and one of those threats is actually going to be a point of strain. I think uh, Zed 
wants to spend some time to investigate what is going on in his own mind. And uh, I, I think the way this looks is actually he sort of goes to his own quarters and kind of, you know, takes on like a meditation pose. And then uh, the camera zooms into the, the, the virtual space of his mind uh, and, and everything looks like Tron. And uh, there's like a little Tron stylized version of Zed walking around and investigating what's going on in his brain. And um, I think just to kind of tidy up the last scene now that we're transitioning, right, it's that you just conclude the uh, meeting with Flores and so she took her leave, right? Um, so, yeah, now, right before I forget, um, since we are we are transitioning scenes, why don't you go ahead and make a uh, either cool or discipline, whichever is better for you. And there's no difficulty here. This is just to see if you recover any strain. Uh, so yeah, we circle back uh, to your Tron-style investigation. Uh, you've already mentioned that we we are in this kind of Tron setting, and hopefully we don't get sued. Uh, so we we need to rename this to like Cron. Cron. <laughs> Cron. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's just it's it's called uh, yeah the Cron world. <laughs> yeah, Cron world. Um, and instead of light bikes, there are uh, what's the synonym for light? Uh, uh, uh glow bikes. It? No, I think no. It's like it's like everything's on water, so it's like jet, jet skis, uh, and and it's like yeah, and it, it's instead of on black, it's like everything's on white. It's it, everything's like pink on white instead of like whatever that that highly that other franchise colors, <laughs> whatever colors that other franchise yeah, uses, whatever that other franchise is, probably never. There's all like boats off. and jet skis and stuff, yeah. and then you have to swim yeah. everywhere. That sounds. Terrible. The Cron world. Um, okay, fantastic. So, uh, you board your uh, your little water ski uh, and begin <laughs> zooming it, zooming through uh, this Cron world of yours. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to need you to actually, uh, once you go ahead and either roll uh, knowledge, science, or uh, computers. Am I rolling against anything? Um, three greens. Since this is your own system that you're uh, examining, I'm going to give you two boost dice. Those are the blue dice. Um, if you recall from that last roll, I am also giving you a black die. Um, so you have that. And uh, yeah, you're just going to make a... Uh, let's just say it's two purple. Okay. okay. Hell yeah. One success, one advantage. So really quick, um, at this point... Uh, you do get like a notification. I don't know what that looks like in Cron World. Maybe a fish jumps out of this murky waters. Uh, but you do get a notification that uh, the investiga- uh, that the investigation is complete. That they have found uh, Carol Belvey. He's uh, chowing down uh, or just entering the uh, chow hall, and uh, they have detained him in a uh, presumably polite manner. Wait, did that come from Cron World or? Did that come from outside? It comes from outside. You're getting a notification in Chrome World. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, okay, cool. I'll, I'll do that in a moment. Uh, you've received this notification. Uh, you've already sent back a reply. And um, tell me something like, we've already described navigating as being uh, across like this dark, uh, or I'm imagining it to be a dark 
still water uh, that you have to navigate via swimming or jet skis or uh, but but it, skis, it's a right? bright it's a bright sunny day. It's nothing okay. at all like that other franchise, oh, which is oh, very yeah. dark <laughs> and on, and on land. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is all. It's just water. It's daytime. It's it's like a you know mm. fun summer day. Yeah, absolutely. There's even a nice cool breeze and um it, yeah. And everything's got neon pink on yeah. it. Uh, so. Uh, you're navigating the waters of your mind, essentially, uh, and eventually you do. You're you're going down all these canals and byways, um, trying to figure out what's holding you back. And eventually, you come across uh, what in video games is literally like an invisible wall. You come across an invisible wall that you are trying to, uh, like, you don't crash into the wall. You just don't go anywhere when you hit the wall. <laughs> so. Uh, and you don't quite see anything on the other side. Uh, to you, it's just like endless waters, but this shouldn't be a thing within your system. You should be able uh, to go wherever you want, and it should always populate with something. And yet here, it just looks like endless waters before you, and you know from your internal systems that you're not, you're not going anywhere. And you realize that you have hit the thing uh, that is prohibiting you uh, from like knowing the location of where Carol Bellevue was, and uh, with this realization, um, you're you're now in the position to open that door if that is something that you want to do right now. Um, what do you want your advantage to be? So as my advantage, uh, so Zed is one of the Zed is an older bioroid, but also one of the more uh, well, Zed is an older bioroid. Um, and as such, uh, certain types of controls that uh, may work on some of the more modern bioroids, like the, let's say with the more modern bioroids, while they may have been, uh, you know, updated to so that uh, there could controls could latch into them more easily. Uh, Zed is a very old bioroid. He's he's been, relatively, and he's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. What Zed has uh, created within his mind is sort of a subconsciousness. Yeah, so sort of these like conscious entities that are separate intelligences that exist within his mind. And in uh, in the oceans of the Kron world of his mind, uh, you know, these appear in the form of... Uh, it, it, these appear in the form of... Uh, aquatic life so it's so it's like one is like like a a big manta ray uh and so he essentially like summons that and has it you know he assumes that these uh these barriers would be designed to prevent his consciousness from moving about the cron world uh but they might not have uh they might not have been designed to uh, to affect other types of consciousness that were created within his mind, uh, especially these like simpler ones. Uh, and so he summons this sort of manta ray to represent that. And it uh, it uh, actually, uh, it starts to actually fly up out of the water and starts to drift, and he has it drift towards where this barrier is. And I guess, uh, you know, it, it, it's up to you to see whether it can actually pass and move beyond where Zed is stuck. Yeah, I think what we end up seeing um, 
before we like I, th I think we have a view uh the the camera is not facing the invisible wall anymore so we don't we're not going to see what the uh, manta ray is doing uh this episode as the episode comes to a close um but uh instead we have a view of you sitting on your your water ski um observing this all going on and what the audience sees uh, just over your shoulder, standing on top of the water, uh, is the silhouette of a some sort of humanoid. Is uh, fuchsia in color, is just one light, one color, uh, and it has no discernible f features to this like silhouette. It is essentially a digital shadow, and that uh, flickers um, on, as it were. Uh, we're we're standing there behind you. Uh, and then it flickers, the image flickers again, and it disappears. Does it appear when the manta ray flies in its direction? No, this is like a moment before the manta ray like even comes out. Um, okay, okay. And it, it flickers and it goes away. And that is the end of the session.